Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. But the first thing I want to talk about, which was very concerning, um, and if, you know, at the moment, I suppose, in desperation, we need a better health service. We've known this for 30 years, by the way. We're now all paying for a bad health service, right? And to get a better health service, it's nothing to do with the doctors and nurses that are there. They're working hard. They're doing their bit. It's to do with the whole system. We don't have enough doctors and nurses. The majority of nurses leave the country and go to get better pay or better opportunities in other countries. So the whole idea was we want more nurses. We want more doctors. We talked during the year about paying nurses while they're on placement, for example, rather than just paying them for the last year, particularly during the pandemic. And I know in the UK, uh, they gave them a few quid. I don't know if they actually gave them anything in Ireland here. Now, they did put placements on hold um, when the cases went, case numbers went up and they said there was a suspension of clinical placements over uh, 2,000 student nurses to be extended till at least 8th of February. I'm reading this, by the way, from January. Uh, with a phased return depending on the healthcare setting. As part of the degree course, first, second and third year nurses are obliged to do unpaid clinical placements in healthcare settings or have clinical placements suspended, uh, though some are entitled to a €50 a week allowance towards travel and accommodation expenses. However, on Saturday the 6th of January, at the time this was, uh, because the pandemic has intensified, the Department of Health announced that clinical placements were being suspended for two weeks to free up hundreds of staff supervising the placements. Because you can understand that, because frontline staff obviously have to monitor, you know, what a trainee is doing and be with them. Although I believe that went out the window about eight months ago because most uh, placements were acting as nurses and doctors because they were so short of staff. But in any case, so I'm assuming they're back now. But what's kind of adding fuel to the fire is something very strange. And I want to talk to Ger if I can. Uh, Ger, how are you doing? You're in Ireland's Classic Hits. Ger, your daughter's in second year placement. She is, yeah. She's a second year paediatric and general nursing student. Okay, so um, I, I got the letter here that was sent out by the HSE. Now, we're waiting. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting. We asked them earlier on this morning for a statement. And, we're mm-hmm. still, and if I get it, I'll read it out during the show. But the, the letter is essentially saying that student nurses can't go to placement and won't be welcome back in placement unless they accept the vaccine, if they've been offered a vaccine, that they must accept it. Yeah, if they've been offered a vaccine and have declined the vaccine, they won't be allowed to go on placement. Right. Um, if there are student nurses who have signed up to have the vaccine, my understanding is they can continue to go on their placements. Right, okay. Now, in saying that initially, like my daughter did decline the vaccine. Um, as I say, we have people sitting behind desks saying, you know, there's nothing to suggest that the vaccines will affect fertility, there's nothing to suggest the vaccines, X, Y and Z. Okay, and everybody's, I mean, don't get me wrong, everybody's entitled to cautiousness Mm. and to Mm. make up their own mind in relation to, I'm very pro-vaccination, but I've also been pro the idea of personal freedom of choice. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But as I say, I feel my daughter now is in a situation where, you know, there's a gun being put to her head if she doesn't accept accept the vaccine, you know, and then she contacted her college in relation to it. And they asked her to go on to the HSE portal and if, you know, she will willingly sign up for the vaccine to go on to the portal, which she was going to do. So she got the email on the 26th of March, but when she went on to the HSE portal, the HSE portal is closed until, you know, it's closed and it's not available for her even to sign up for the vaccine at this stage. Right. So um, because they because they've actually finished, when, yeah, they finished healthcare workers last week or something, wasn't it? Or something like that. 
They closed well, they, I, their entirety because. Well, no, no, but like, I did. I did hear them saying. I think it was on the news actually. Here, I, hear, I think I heard John mentioned last week or the week before. I could be wrong that they closed at the portal because they'd finished healthcare. Now that doesn't mean, by the way, that new people coming into healthcare can't get the vaccine. Mm, but but mm. that whole uh, series of you know vaccinating healthcare workers had stopped last week. That they had mm. offered it to everybody at that stage that was in yeah. healthcare. Yeah, but as I say, even I, I sent on a copy of the the email, and this is like it's literally targeting four second and third year students. Mm-hmm. If there are, you know, fourth-year interns or, you know, staff within the hospital who don't want to have the vaccine, they they have the choice not to receive it. But I feel there's, you know, huge pressure just being put on fourth, second and third-year students that, you know, they don't have a choice. And fourth-years and, you know, people who are employed mm-hmm. in the HSE... You know they have the option to receive the vaccine or not. So why does now, my daughter? There's something to say similar that? came up on the show. We're going about five or six weeks ago, and we did ask the HSC at the time for figures. I think maybe a bit longer um, in relation to how many uh, healthcare staff in the hospitals had refused the vaccine. But those figures, according to the HSE, were not available because of um, GDPR. Okay. And they didn't want to identify people who had refused mm-hmm. the vaccine. So from that point, I can assume that there are doctors and nurses who didn't get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Now I wouldn't say it's a lot, but I'd say there mm-hmm. are some who chose not to get it. Yeah. So they're working within the healthcare setting yeah. so the suggestion that your daughter can't work because it would be dangerous to do so mm. when there's already people in there without the vaccine yeah. doesn't make a huge amount of sense but yeah. again I'm waiting for a statement for them so do, does that mean then her, her career as a nurse is on hold essentially I like I'm t- kind of taking the same thing as yourself that possibly yes if she can't go on placement in HSE facilities will they try revert to you know private facilities I don't know mm. And just another thing in relation to the vaccine, now I know there was nothing proven as regards, you know, the blood clots, but there's a, a really strong history of blood clots in my husband's side of the family. Okay. Strokes, um, you know. So you're uh, just being cautious blood. around that, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I understand. You know, I can understand that. You've been told that you've no choice about yeah. the vaccine that they're taking, but certainly my daughter wouldn't like to take the AstraZeneca. You know, as I say again, there's nothing to suggest that it causes blood clots, but nothing to suggest isn't concrete. Yeah, of you course, know? of course. And, and and absolutely, I understand, even though it was a very small amount of people, and, you know, they can't prove either way. Uh, but in saying that, they're saying it's just a correlation. You're saying that mm-hmm. there's a history of it in your family, so you're cautious. And mm-hmm. I understand your cautiousness, and that's fine. And that's your that's your choice. Mm-hmm. You know, as an adult, yeah. you can make decisions around your own medical intervention, and that's in our constitution, by the way. Um, yeah. But, see, the HSE are saying, obviously, that uh, because, and I'm going to read out some of the, the, the email here that you would have got from the HSE, uh, for the purpose of clinical placements refers to as unpaid clinical experience for healthcare students uh, where uh, whose presence is not specifically required to sustain uh, service delivery. Students, for example, fourth-year nursing students who constitute part of the workforce sustain service delivery at the same category. It goes on and on. But anyway, it says, following consideration, the HSE COVID-19 Vaccination Working Group has taken the following decision, and I ask uh, your institutes now apply this to all student placements in the HSE facilities from as and from effect from April the 1st, 2021. Students that are eligible for a vaccination that have been offered vaccination and declined vaccination should not be assigned a clinical placement in the HSE facility. So that's it, isn't it? That's yeah. They're more or less saying that you're not going to be working in a hospital unless you get vaccinated. End of story. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same, my daughter, she's currently on placement in ED. Um, and then the following, from next week, she's two weeks uh, to be in public health. Right. So at this stage, she's in contact with the college, but she's no idea whether that placement is going to be allowed to go ahead. Okay, but, but stay there for a second because I want to go to Grace as well. Grace, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Grace? Hello, Niall. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Your daughter's in the same situation. 
Yes, my daughter is in, in actually quite a, nearly a worse situation in that she was due to go on her placement today. And we got an email on Friday late. The same email uh, I've just read out there now, yeah? Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, to say um, that she can't go on her placement. She did her induction yesterday and uh, she was told not to go on her placement today. Now, this is extremely distressing for the whole family. Um, as we spent the weekend trying to figure it out, get in contact with other people that might be like-minded, mm-hmm. because this has no legal basis at all. As you probably know, we are, um, they are now in breach of the Nuremberg Code, which is international law. They're in breach of um, our constitution. And these vaccines are still in trial until 2023. Okay, well, let, let, let's, I, I've seen that going around Twitter all the time. And, and by the way, can I just say, everybody's entitled to believe what they want about a vaccine, right? And the, yes. according to the World Health Organization, according to doctors and nurses and scientists, or many of them, uh, vaccines are perfectly safe. There are other ones that don't trust the vaccines. And that's fine. And I accept that. Everybody's entitled to a view and an opinion, right. right? And in relation to this trial period that keep people going on about, to clarify that for people who are reading that, and, and I'm not denying that, but all vaccines, all vaccines that have ever been brought out into the public domain have always had a trial period because the last trial in a vaccine is using it on the general public. That is considered to be the last trial. That's always been the way. It's not unique to this vaccine. Every single vaccine that we've ever released or medication, the last form or part of the trial is to, re- to release it to the general public. And what they do then is they monitor it. As it's being used, they monitor it, as they did last week by suspending the AstraZeneca for a week because they thought maybe there was a connection with the blood clots, etc., etc. So that's that's quite normal. That's not unique to this particular vaccine, by the way. So I just wanted to clarify that. Actually, Niall, what's unique to this particular vaccine is that normally vaccines are trialed for two to three years before they're put in use. And this is a particularly new type of vaccine that affects your DNA. Okay, but the, the reason this particular vaccine people will say was rushed. Now, remember, they've been working on this vaccine for many, many years because this vaccine was originally, they tried to develop it for SARS-CoV-1. All they had to do was adapt it to SARS-CoV-2 and every single laboratory, scientist or anybody involved in the vaccination business would have been put on this for the last year because, of course, we're in a worldwide situation. Now, I don't want to get into the pros and the cons of the vaccines because, Grace, I accept your right to decline it, okay? And your daughter's right to decline it. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. your daughter is declining it for the same reasons that you just outlined to me there, that she, on her, yeah. her, on her own conscience, she has decided to decline the vaccine. And I believe that's her choice, right? And I believe everybody, although I'm pro-vaccination, I would never be in favour of mandatory vaccinations, right? So the point is, to get back to the actual story, I'm disappointed, like both of you, that this will put your daughter's careers on hold. Well, it might put our daughter's career finished, mm. finished. Actually, could we get on to the point of informed consent denial? Yeah, okay, go on. Um, well, I mean, um, the HSE uh, National COVID uh, Vaccination Programme um, holds informed consent, and it is clearly stated that it is necessary as part of a vaccination, and that there is no coercion. Mm-hmm. And this is actually against the eighth principle of medicine, the right to refuse medicine. And I feel if we bring this in with the student nurses, this will be the end of our rights. And everybody, teachers, everybody will be in the same 
condition. Okay, can I can I put a question to you? And I'm only thinking from a listener's point of view, right? There are yes. listeners out there today who will say to both of you uh, and to your daughters, you're going to work in healthcare and primarily the people that you're going to be working with are vulnerable people because they're sick. Uh, and that's why they're in a hospital in the first place. And for that reason, because there is a virus, um, which can be very dangerous ex- to extremely vulnerable people. Um, look, we all know at this stage, the majority of the population are not at risk to COVID-19, but there are a vulnerable group that are. And that vulnerable group, a lot of those would be in hospital. Elderly people, people with heart conditions, people uh, with different kind, kinds of underlying uh, illnesses, etc., etc. So the idea that then you would have somebody in the hospital who's not vaccinated would increase that risk. And maybe Grace, if, or not Grace, sorry, um, uh, Jerry, if I could put that to you first. What do you say to those people who will say that, that they see the logic in this? Well, just first off, like, I'm not an anti-vaccine person. Yep. You know, I, I personally would take the vaccine, my husband willingly to take the vaccine. I'm at an age where, you know, I wouldn't have as many concerns as what my daughter would. But um, <clears throat> as regards not having the vaccine, um, again, if you've had the vaccine, it's it's not 100% that you can't transmit the virus anyway. Yep. So, you know... So okay. yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So the, the government have already stated quite clearly that you can still get the virus and pass it yeah. on. Yeah. So whether she's vaccinated or not, if she has the virus, but she's vaccinated, she can still pass well, it I, on. Well, I'm assuming, I don't, I don't know the data on it. I'm sure they'll be collecting data as we go along. Mm. But already yeah. the data suggests there's probably less chance of her passing it on or contracting it. Yeah, less chance. You see, it, it's, 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 it's not having the concrete information. You know, there's less chance it's... You know, mm. it's, the, it's the warden that we're hearing at all these briefings and there's nothing to suggest and there will be less chance, there may be less chance, there may not be less chance. So as regards to whether she does, if she does have the vaccine, now as I say, at a later date, you know, she's, she's look, she's going to have to get the vaccine, is my view. But I just think it's, it's disgraceful. Like well, we, we went through this argument a year and a half ago when we talked about the flu vaccine for nurses. And the, well, I remember the debate at the time saying, you know, you know, is it right that a healthcare worker won't refuses to get the flu vaccine? And at the time, even though I didn't agree with it, I defended those nurses who didn't want to do it because I believe it's a, personal's pers- a person's personal choice. And, you know, going back to what Grace said, you know, to coerce somebody into doing something by suggesting that you can't have a job yes, unless exactly. you get it, yeah. I, I think is probably inherently wrong. But, Grace, what do you say to those listeners who are listening today and say, well, I don't want to go into a hospital after having a heart attack or heart operation or, you know, be, have cancer or, and, and obviously be very vulnerable and have a nurse leaning over me that's not vaccinated. What do you say to those listeners, Grace? What, what I say to that, Niall, is there's absolutely no data to say that you can pass it on. Actually, it's most, the vaccine is mostly uh, for reducing symptoms. The symptoms, yes. Only. I have a paper here by uh, the British Medical Journal by Dr. Dr. Peter Doshi, and if anybody would like a copy of that, I will uh, send that to you. It's all about the the vaccines, um, and it's very, very, very interesting okay. about okay. how you can or cannot pass it on, which is not. Okay, this, yeah, this vaccine would be very, it's not similar to many other vaccines in the fact that you still, according to the data, you can still get the virus and pass it on, possibly, um, depending. Now, they do say, by the way, asymptomatic people, uh, there has numerous different reports about can they or can they not pass it on or will there be reduced uh, effects to that. But in say, can I ask you a question, Grace? Would you be generally, and I, by the way, I'm not trying to insult you, but would you be generally anti-vaccination? Absolutely not. And I believe that's something the media is using against people who are trying to stand up for their rights. 
Okay, so you're not you're not an you're not you're not an anti-vaxer, as they say. I'm, I'm not an anti-anything. I'm a balanced uh, view and critical thinker. Okay, so you're I'd looking like, you're looking at the situation and you're making your own conscious decision. And your daughter, you believe, is making her own conscious absolutely, decision. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. So sorry, Jerry. You want to say something? I just come back in. Uh, just in relation to my daughter being on placement, she's been on three placements during COVID. Um, she's never got COVID or never brought it into the healthcare settings because she was, you know, taking the right precautions and following the guidelines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's ridiculous to be doing this, you know, when the country is in dire need of nurses. And it's almost so, as if they're... And, and, I, and I, couldn't, I couldn't disagree with that. I mean, this is the biggest problem we have in the healthcare system in this country is not the money that we put into it. It's not the facilities. It's the fact that we don't have nurses to man the beds or doctors mm-hmm. to, to look after the patients yeah. because they all leave the bloody country. Yeah. Yeah, so actually, you know, this time last year, the, the HSE put student nurses into COVID wards. That's right, they did. I mean, where is the hypocrisy there? Let me go to Jerry. talking only one year ago. Let me, let me just go to Jerry as well. Jerry, how are you doing? You're in Ireland's Classic Kids. Jerry, you've, well, the, you've the opposite problem. Well, we have the opposite problem. My grand, granddaughter is in second year with UCD, you know, the yeah. training in UCD. And she can't get the vaccine. Now, she's been in placement since first year in nursing homes. And, I mean... So she wants... The, well, Jer said the same thing. She, the portal is closed. So she wants the vaccine, but she can't she get wants, it. She's been told she's not priority. Now, she's in with pe- vulnerable people. Plus, she lives with me. I'm in a 68-year-old fossil, and I have an autoimmune disease. What did you call yourself, a fossil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeez, Jerry, if you're a fossil, I'm getting close to you, but go on. <laughs> but she's been told she's not priority. Now, her problem is she worries about her patients. And she's saying, I could have been anywhere the weekend. And I'm walking in. Now, she's very careful. Of course, she's very careful. But she's, she's been told that she's not priority. She's been told. She's but been is, she not a, is she not officially a healthcare worker? She, yes. Well then, well then, why wasn't why isn't she on the list of the first priority with uh, residential care home uh, workers and uh, residential care residents and people with underlying conditions and over the age of eighty? Do you know something? They're being treated appallingly because they're being pushed from Billy to Jack. If she gets on to UCD or whatever, she's been told, "Oh, that's HSE. You'll have to get on to them." We've emailing. Look, we went to the nurses' union. We've been everywhere to try and get. Just try and get her the vaccine. That seems incredible. That uh, people, their relations can't get in to see them. And Zara can walk in off the road and look after them. Well, I did I did try and get uh, somebody from the INMO to come on and talk to us. Now, they still haven't come back to us yet. And we're still waiting for a statement from the HSE as well in relation to it. You all have a very different problem. Um, and, Jerry, I understand your problem. I mean, yeah, she wants to get the vaccination. Like, I don't know. Well, I, it's like the, the, horse, the car is pulling the horse here. Yeah, vulnerable people shouldn't be looked after except by people who are perfectly well protected. I but most anyway. of the vulnerable people are, are vaccinated. Yeah, they are They were priority. In the nursing home. So that's and not and an yes, issue. And yes, and yes, a lot of, some of them are not vaccinated. I suppose the, the argument is, I think that was Jer, was that Jer, was that you that said that? Or Sorry? Grace, Grace. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Well, I think the argument is that, yes, you're right, most vulnerable people should be vaccinated, and particularly elderly people at this stage, but the problem is they're not all they're vaccinated. Not. And no. secondly, there are some vulnerable people who can't get vaccinated. That's right. But apart from that, it seems to be in chaos 
because well, there's no there's no arguing with that statement. Uh, by the way, chaos. the whole thing is in chaos at the moment. It seems those who shout loudest get looked after. But but look. Jerry, can I can I ask you? You've listened to Grace and you've listened to Jar there before you. Their daughter's obviously going into placement this year, meant to go into placement uh, after Easter, and they can't because the HSC has put out this letter to say that anybody who turns down a vaccine uh, is not welcome back to placement, so to speak. Uh, and Sarah had the very the opposite. She was worried, very worried in first year and through to second year because she was terrified of bringing it home to me and yet she was in the front line, if you know what I mean, and couldn't get vaccinated. So, like you say, you have to, you have to do your utmost. You have to scald her clothes and she has to shower and stay out of our way, you know, mm. trying to stay separated as, as much as possible. But do you, do you empathise with Grace and Ger in the situation they're in, uh, more so Grace, whose daughter has, you know, had a conscientious objection, so to speak, um, as we talked about that a lot last year when we were talking about abortion, but a conscientious objection to having the vaccine. She doesn't want the vaccine and her career now could be in jeopardy because of that. Do you empathise with them or do you say, well, no, that's your own fault. If you want to work well, in healthcare, you have to get a vaccine. What I, Do you empathise well, with I, them? I, no, I, I really, I don't. I feel that healthcare is, is so important. You must, it's, it's a vocation and if you're going to go for it, go for it. You have to... You know, the ultimate is to take care of people and make sure you bring no harm. Grace, do you want to respond to that? The ultimate. I absolutely agree with absolutely do no harm. That's what the doctors sign up to when they take their oath. However, and I really wish um, that lady's daughter the best, and I hope she does get the vaccine, if that's what her choice is. My body, my choice. We use that slogan around the place a lot, but it seems to be gone right now. And the, the last point I'd m- like to make, Niall, is that suspending these students' um, placements is actually unlawful. It's, and there's no grounds for it. Well, I suppose you'd, somebody would have to take a test case to the courts to find out if it's unlawful or not and see wh- how a judge would interpret, a high court judge would interpret the Constitution. I think there are plans for that, actually. I, there are uh, so many people in the same situation. Because I, I know the Constitution does protect I'm you. I'm telling you there are uh, plans for someone to take it to the High Court because it is unlawful. I, I know the Constitution does protect you from medical intervention that you don't want, a consent, i.e. Um, but I don't know where it stands on this issue because obviously we've seen the Constitution being interpreted very differently over the last uh, 12 months in relation to freedom of movement and all sorts of different things where, you know, for example, the Health Act um, of the 1930s it seems to supersede a lot of the rights that you thought that you initially had. Yes, I don't believe anything can override the Nuremberg International Code of 1947. Well, look, stay there for a second, actually, because I have a lot of people now very interested in this. Somebody says, um, I'm not going to read that about the HSC. Um, Somebody says, no, I I don't understand why their daughters, if they care that much about health and they want to go into an industry which is based on health care, why would they object to getting a vaccine in the first place? Now, can I point out, Jared's daughter initially objected to getting the vaccine or declined it, but she does want to get it now, and now she can't because the portal is closed, because they closed that portal off last week, the week before. Somebody says, uh, the HSC have a duty of care to all their staff and patients. It's time to stop pussyfooting around and make vaccines mandatory for all HSC staff. Plenty of other career choices out there for anti-science cohort of people, says Stephen. 
Well, maybe I'll get to talk to Stephen after the break. Uh, stay there, ladies, if you can. And, and by the way, if anybody else is in the situation, maybe you're a student nurse or maybe your daughter or your son is a student nurse, uh, midwife, whatever it happens to be, and they're on placement. Uh, how are you faring off? Did they get the vaccine? Did they not get the vaccine? And do they get this email saying, if you don't get the vaccine, you're not going back on placement? Keep texting, keep WhatsApping, numbers 087-188-008. I do want to move on in a few minutes as well to the restrictions and how you feel about the fact that nothing's really going to happen this afternoon, to be honest, which with the greatest respect. Uh, Michal Martin is most likely going to stand up there on the podium this evening at some point, three o'clock, six o'clock, maybe for the news or something, and tell us nothing is going to happen, realistically. They might extend the 5K to 10K. <laughs> That's about it, I'd say. Because um, uh, Neffet have suggested they need another six to eight weeks to figure out what's going on. But just getting back to Grace and Jer, Grace and Jer, there's a, a mixed reaction, is all I can say. You know, to, and, and by the way, I, I support your rights and your rights. I support everybody's rights as human beings and citizens of Ireland. Uh, you have a constitution uh, that mm-hmm. must be upheld by the state under all circumstances. By the way, no law can supersede the constitution. No laws that are brought in can be unjust. But that would have to be considered by a high court judge or in some cases a Supreme Court's judge mm-hmm. to interpret the constitution. Um, but in the meantime, that puts your daughters in a very difficult situation. So, Grace... I don't think this is going to be sorted out, certainly in Ireland's classic hits, or by the HSE tomorrow. So what's your daughter going to do? Well, we don't know what we're going to do, actually. <laughs> we're looking for advice and help from anywhere we can. And actually, on that point, I also know another uh, young girl who has medical issues and a medical exemption, and she is still being stopped from her placement. Even with a medical exemption? Even with a medical exemption. The tutors are gone on their two-week holiday, conveniently, mm-hmm. and nobody to help. It says at the end of the email that you got, please note, for those very exceptional circumstances where there's a specific documented medical contradiction to the vaccine, uh, for a healthcare student, an individual risk assessment should be performed by the Higher Education Institute to determine if the suitable placement can be designed that minimises the risk to patients and students. So what I'm assuming there, what they would do is, in those very rare circumstances that they're talking about where they do their own assessment um, you know you can't just make up your own exemption that they, they would do it that they would put you somewhere I suppose on a ward where you'd be away from the patients which, which is not very well, much it's not much use as a placement to be honest with you is it? if you're not going to be in the thick of it because you'd want to be in the thick of it if you're in a placement that's the whole idea isn't it well, well, it is, but I mean, we're in de- desperate measures now. Mm. Um, and the last thing we need to do is turn nurses off, wanting to be oh, nurses. Absolutely. Well, this will, I've heard several young girls saying they will emigrate if this uh, continues. But here's the thing, Grace, you could say they could emigrate. This may be the case in healthcare uh, settings all over the world. Uh, you, you're going this to see maybe the, the same thing and the NHS might do the same the thing. Worry. Now, my so view, you just, just put people off going into nursing, full stop, because actually this is coercion and bullying. And there's no other word for it. I believe everybody has a choice. If you want the vaccine, go and get it. But if you don't, you have the choice not to take it, not to be bullied. Sorry, Jerry. Okay, Jerry, you want to say something finally? Go ahead. Yeah, just in relation to, you know, if you want to travel abroad now, I think my daughter's a home board, but, you know, plenty of nurses would. But again, you know, if they choose that they want to travel again, if they don't have a vaccine, I don't reckon they will be allowed to travel to do their nursing. And just in relation to the vaccines as well, like, you know, in order to start on placements and whatever, like my daughter, she took the hep B vaccine, she took the flu jab and whatever. Like, but the thing about this one, it's just such a new vaccine. 
and okay, it's been. Well, no, I know. I I can tell you a million that. times it's safe. The news can tell you mm. a million times it's safe. But that's your, mm. it's your own choice, and, and you know, and you have to have, as Grace rightly pointed out, informed consent. So mm. and you know, nobody should force any medical intervention on yeah. anybody. So yeah. I, so I do and get as it. And as I said, as regard my daughter, you know, saying now that she will sign up, it's because she wants to go forward with her career. It's not, you know, if she had a choice that she didn't have to take the vaccine, she certainly wouldn't take the vaccine. Okay, but just stay there because I want to just bring Jer finally in. Another Jer, sorry. Uh, there's a lot of Jer's going on today. Jerry's and Jer's. Uh, Jer, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Jer? How you doing, lad? How you keeping? Uh, Jer, I mean, okay, you, you see, here the, the situation they're in. Now, I know uh, that Jer, number one, who was on with us there, said that her daughter's willing now to get the vaccine, but she can't get it because the portal's closed. Um, but, I mean, what do you think of this situation? I, I think I've said to you before, now, this vaccine is a product. We're being sold a product. We're being sold a product we don't need. Well, that's, you, well, that's, that's, your, that's your choice. That's well, okay. That's your, and, and I have to say, yeah, that, well, that, is your, that is your choice. That's my choice to yeah. leave that. And other, and other, and other people have a different informed choice. Yeah, but it's, now, it's not people's choice whether they want it or not. That's the point I'm trying to make here. Okay. Like, if, if you want to buy a product, if you want to buy a car, you go out and you decide what car you buy, BMW, Merck, whatever, right? That's your choice. Absolutely. You believe which one is the safest. But if someone's coming along to you and saying, you have to get into the BMW car, you have to drive that. I don't want to drive it. I might try something else. I might try my own immune system. We don't, I, I personally believe we don't need And, and that's, again, I say, Jerry, that's your, that's your personal choice. If you don't want to get the vaccine, yeah. you don't get it. And, and yeah. by the way, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with everybody that I don't agree with mandatory vaccination. And by the way, our constitution doesn't allow mandatory vaccination. But what it does allow for is... And, you know, what worries people at the moment is you've got private companies, say it be at airlines, bars, restaurants. They're private yeah. companies. They can choose to turn around and say, we're not letting people in without vaccines. Well, we can do Because that's, that's not the state the doing it. But this is the state. This is the HSE, by the way. Sorry. The lawsuits for all this are going to take time. That's the unfortunate thing. Like these, these girls are trying to study this year. They're trying to go through this year. But it yeah. might take over a year before they get that into court. So that's another problem with that as well. But the, one of the biggest problems I have with this is you don't have COVID. You don't guarantee you getting COVID. These, these, these girls, like some of these girls, like you said, they're working all year already and they haven't got COVID. They haven't passed COVID on. So it's not like a guarantee. You're being forced. No, but there is a risk. They're they're, according to the HSE, there is, there is a risk. Not even going down that road. That's a nonsense thing. Yeah, well, well, it's not. Well, hang on, hang on. I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you in some sense that, yes, maybe the risk is overstated. But when you're in a hospital setting, you're dealing with people who are vulnerable. By yeah, the very yeah. nature of the fact they're in hospital. How many, how many of these nurses and staff and doctors have worked through the you last do, 20 years? Absolutely, but do you do realise out of the people who died, and it's fair to say this, and, and you've listened to me, I'm sure, Jera and Grace, and I don't know the rest of you have listened to the show, I am very balanced when it comes to COVID-19, without a shadow of a doubt. But with the one thing that we do know for sure is that the vast majority of people who have died in this country have died because A, they're elderly, they're in care homes, or they're in hospitals. So there are people who are already sick or unwell or in a very vulnerable situation. So we, we accept that. So the point is, Jer, that the nurses, the argument from the HSE, no, the nurses will work in a, in a healthcare setting. Sorry? I don't, I don't accept that. And there's many well, you, you, well, you don't have to accept it, but it is true. No, what I'm saying is <laughs> these deaths have been recategorized with COVID because of a dodgy PCR. Okay, PCR so are you, are you trying to tell me now that nobody died of COVID-19? No, why would you talk to that? The COVID-19 is probably out there. I'm okay. So, the, so, and so you do accept. Okay. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that the PCR test is the most accurate thing in the world. It clearly isn't. But are you suggesting to me that people who are in hospital and people in nursing homes and people who are elderly are not vulnerable? 
Well, of course they are. People are vulnerable, but, you know, the divine is vulnerability. How I'm fine. I'm all right, Jack. How you know what I mean? I'm 58 they? and I'm healthy, thankfully. How vulnerable are they? Well, they, like, well, clearly quite, well, clearly some have been quite vulnerable because many have died. Yeah. Actually, okay. could I come in there? Um, yes, Grace. Actually, just, almost 600 people in the UK have died directly um, after yes. the vaccine. And uh, after after the vaccine. Again, that's a correlation. By the, way. by the way, I read the article you're talking about and I read the expert views on it and it's a correlation. People die every day. So, for example, if you got the vaccine tomorrow and coincidentally died next week of a heart attack, that then by some people is being associated with the vaccine, which is not true. So you can't, you can't turn around and say 600 people died after the vaccine. 600 people drove a car after the vaccine. 600 people got a bus after the vaccine. You know what I mean? That, that's just a correlation. There's a difference between actually linking it to somebody's death. I, 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 lads, I run, I run right out of time. I get what everybody's saying. I empathise absolutely with Grace and with Jer, and I don't believe somebody's career should be stopped because of it. And I do believe people should have rights. Uh, and I understand what you're trying to do, Jer, as well, and bring me down a different road of a conversation, which I'm not going into today because I don't have the time. It's not that I'm trying to silence you because I've talked about these things many times in the year before. Um, I, I am waiting for a statement from the HSE. We've already put out a request for a statement. So hopefully I get it. Jer, thank you very much indeed, Grace. Thank you. And, and the other Jer as well, and Jerry, who was on earlier on. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, and I appreciate you raising the issue because I think people didn't know about it. So it's a good thing to raise that issue. Um, and I don't know if there's anybody else in that situation. It's a difficult situation. There's not a right or a wrong answer to it, really, is there? And I know a lot of people are texting in saying, if you're going to work in healthcare, you should be vaccinated. Other people says, no, people shouldn't be forced to get a vaccination. So there's two trains of thought on this. And, and I understand. And in Jerry's situation, her daughter wants to get the vaccine now and she can't bloody get it. And the other lady that was on, I can't remember her name now, but she said her daughter is also in a healthcare setting and she hasn't been offered the vaccination yet. And she wants to continue work, but she can't. So it's the whole thing is chaos. It's a mess. And, and Grace, I will completely agree with you. It's chaos. It's absolute utter chaos, the whole vaccine rollout program. It's been a mess from start to finish. That's why everybody is focused on the Beacon Clinic and the fact that now it turns out that somebody from a private healthcare company and his missus got the vaccine there as well. The whole thing has been this outrage that's been caused by that is only being caused because we're all upset because those who want the vaccine can't get it. Those who don't want it are being vilified. So, and I get it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.